Flogcast may occasionally contain explicit content that makes it not safe for work or for minors. It also doesn't provide an excuse to use the same words on Bay 13. Normal Bigfooty rules still apply. Yeah. 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 Alright, so this is the Flogcast for round 8. The number one fan of Hardwick from Richmond. Starburns from... Fuck. The number one fan of Hardwick from Richmond, Burnsy, is here, and I'm joined by the rightful holder of Collingwood's 2016 leading goal kicker trophy, Morgzy. Hello. The Andrew Mackey of podcasts and residents and Kilda umpire melter, Cooksy. You really are utter wank at these intros, are you? The head of the Thai Vickery fan club from Hawthorne Peensy. That's not how you spell big boy, McAvoy. <laughs> <laughs> and also from St Kilda, we have the umpire whisperer and potential um, inspiration for the hashtag eternal friendship, not cooksy. Greetings. And from North, we have the defeatist flog. Oh, wait. What? North one. Where, where's Dan? Where's Dan, Suckers. Stuck at a Seven Eleven. See, well, I mean, he was cannot he, handle success. He was not happy with the fact that his team won last week, uh, and that was he just doesn't know what to do now. I heard that after that first quarter, North had he burnt his membership. <laughs> he microwaved it because they were so successful. Because they were good in the first quarter, he hated it. See, Dan, you thought we roasted you bad when you were here. Just wait till you're not. That's when it's worst for everyone. <laughs> Should have just faced the music, coward. <laughs> Andrew Mackey. <laughs> yeah, the real Andrew Mackey, not even him. He's a Shannon Motlop or... Stephen Motlop. Yeah, whatever yeah. the spud's name is, doesn't matter. Geelong have a lot of, um... Geelong have a lot of cowards, including Paul Chapman, yeah. who hit women. Let's go to Goo or Tears. Who wants to go first? Goo. i got to have Goo for the boys on Friday night. I mean, I'm happy to say this sentence... Nick Rewood and Lee Montagna played like shit and we won. That's like a fuck me moment for a Saints supporter considering the last decade. But still, a good win against a team that spent more time throwing like an NRL football team. Well, they are from Sydney. But yeah, I mean, Akers played well. Gresham's a god, really. Ross. Oh, Seb Ross. The second best Watson. <laughs> No longer second best Watson. Soon enough, he's going to be Tim Watson's going to be his uncle. Joe Watson, he can go and get fucked. Shane Watson, he's a useless twat. But Sebby Ross, Jet. Mate, until Seb Ross saves Australia from World Cup final defeat, I'm sorry, but he's not going past Shane Watson. But Seb Ross hasn't embarrassed us by wasting DRS reviews. Well, he's, Shane... he's never had the opportunity yet. Yeah. And you know what St Kilda and umpires are like. Just, the decision's just, probably going yeah, his just, way anyway. Just wait until the fucking umpires bring in a, a free kick review system. He'll fuck it up. He's unselfish, so he won't. Anything more on that cookie? Robertson, All-Australian. If you don't like it, go and get fucked. Jakey Carlisle's a gun. Brownie. Had a ripper. Brownie. How about cookie? Minchington, also delicious. Yes, he was fucking good in the last quarter. I thought you only wheel him out against Geelong. He's no longer the cat wrangler. He's now the uh, meatball sub of the league. The giant slayer? No, that's all the jacks we had. Were they nimble and quick, or is that only when they fucking play Hawthorne and you can 
be mean on your banner. Oh, mean on the banner. Mean on the banner. Well, so mean. We'll come to mean banners a bit later, I think. And we'll see who's soft about banners. I'll go next. I've got goo for the Any Given Sunday, which it's been long promised, the idea that anyone on their day can get up and beat anybody else in the competition and it's been hinted at and there's been you know times where it looked like it was possible but I think this week with every single team on the ladder beating the team above them it shows that the competition is pretty fucking even there's still a shit truck or two but really there's no easy games anymore really like North versus Adelaide just shows that if you turn up and the other if one team turns up ready to try and take the game on and the other turns up thinking it's going to happen for them, you end up 10 goals down a quarter time. And you know what? That's the kind of league I like. Yeah, and it's, and it's exactly the kind of league that the AFL are aiming for, so yeah. good on them for getting their, I guess, kind of result, because it is exciting, and I think we could be in for another uh, exciting final series where, you know, you could have uh, a surprise winner again like last year and team maybe coming from outside the four, because I don't think that one team... Uh, are so far ahead of the rest that you, no. you that the results are foregone conclusion. And any time you start thinking that one team might be ahead of the pack, then boy, do they come crunching back to earth with a thud. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's my view. Also, just a bit of tears from Sarburnson, but tipping this week, oh boy, not good. Oh yeah, but God, don't you love the tipping carnage? Like <laughs> I, I got to be honest, it was genuinely concerning on Saturday night having none from four and Richmond up and Gold Coast up and thinking I'm going to be zero going into Sunday and most of the games on Sunday were like ooh you know I thought I thought Hawthorne could beat Melbourne <laughs> I thought you know Sydney or Owen they could lose and Frio Essendon yeah you know no one wants donuts like you know that there should be a special basil avatar if you get donuts <laughs> I avoided the basil by changing my tip to Freo like literally <laughs> minutes before the game. Not minutes after the game like Danzy does. <laughs> Not before. I'm no <laughs> fucking Danzy here. But just on the tipping, I think I think we need to uh, to to hand the uh, the coin the red vest this week because I think if any round was perfectly set up for the coin to get nine, like just on the complete fluke of all flukes, it was last round, but it just it just didn't deliver. It's gone from Jake Stringer to Tom Boyd. Apparently a couple of people got like seven, so we'll come to them at Flog of the Week time, right, Morgs? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I've got tears. How the hell did Jared Waite and Kobe Stevens get rubbed out for their tackles? The umpire said it was all good. Kobe Stevens was given a holding the ball decision for him. You, you can't that do it. It's pretty sense. established you can't do it, especially in Waite's situation where the guy gets concussed. <laughs> like, we all know if you get if a player gets concussed, if you do even the slightest thing wrong, you're fucked. But the umpire comes up and says, oh, that's all fine. No problem. The rule is there. The umpire didn't do his job. That's what it's saying. The umpire, the umpire got it wrong, yeah. So it's got it. Well, the AFL have to acknowledge that. I wonder if Well, the umpire did. normally fucking gets it wrong and St Kilda games with the amount of free <laughs> kicks they get. <laughs> not I'm not surprised they got a holding the ball. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I don't get is when you've got the sling tackles, but was anyone actually taught how to tackle? Maybe this is a 90s thing. Like, I'm a bit older than, say, Cookie. But you're taught to tackle to wrap the arms around if you grab them and drop your weight backwards. Not to actually full-on throw, but to grab and bring them down 
with you instead of the side on slam. And if you did that, no one would get concussed. Well, I was thought just to fucking lift a bloke up and then pile driver their head to the into the turf. I'm pretty sure my uh, under-9s coach went to prison at some point for <laughs> aggravated assault. I was told in uh, primary school footy, because I'm bigger than everyone else, drive my knees into their heads to knock them out. <laughs> yeah, but that's all okay. That's just making them earn it, mate. I played on John Patton one day. He fucking raped me. So that went well. Hey, at least you didn't get fucking 14 kicked on you by Cale Borton. Well, positive there, I guess. Who wants to go next, if unless there was any more there from Not Cookie? I just don't get it. <laughs> I thought both of them were unlucky, particularly yeah. Wait. Fuck you, John Patton, you ruined my career. Then he is a clumsy fucker. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think, I think when you're Jared Wait, it's sort of like when you've been suspended that many times, it works against you as well. Like, I thought Stevens was unlucky purely because the GWS player played out the game, and I thought that would be the difference. Wade would go because his guy spent a half off, and Stevens get off. Because his guy didn't, and then everyone would go, "Oh, why, why, why should concussion matter?" But in the end, they just suspended them both, which outraged people anyway. But Cameron, they go off is the um, if you play out. It's normally it's never the action; it's always the result of the action, even though it should never be. So theoretically, it's correct. Technically, if you don't injure them, how bad can it be? Yeah. I guess that's the argument. Whereas if you do injure them, it's well, like... they they do they do selectively bring out the uh, potential to cause serious injury clause, which I think was the case with the uh, the Stevens one, right? Because uh, well, there was really no no lasting effects. Oh, potential was screwed by potential. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go next? Well, I've got goo. For Spurs losing because uh, fuck Spurs. Okay, that's that, short uh, and sweet. That that's more or less uh, handed Chelsea the Premier League title, which is just a, a great. All you've uh, got to cheer for is it penal? It's, it's all I've got to uh, to cheer for this year. Um, but you know, again, there's enough good signs from Hawthorne to say that we won't be down the bottom for too long when we've got such good youth coming through. Like if only uh, you could add some more at the end of the year. Shawnee Burgoyne and Luke Hodge, great youth. Our young players really stepped up and won us the game. So at least, at, at least we've got the consistency of Spurs fucking up and uh, choking at, at, at the end of the season. So that that is one thing that has Sweet. not changed Fun. from previous years to this one. Fun Tottenham fact: Hull City has spent more times on top of the Premier League table in the last two years than Spurs. If you follow Premier League, that fact will make you. Fall off your seat, because fuck Spurs. Morgzy. I've got tears, and I've had tears all day. And my tears are flowing. I've genuinely cried a lot today. I've been really, really upset. Just somebody who embodied what it was to be Collingwood, and somebody who was cheeky, and who was fun, and never took himself seriously. And he brought joy to the game and he brought joy on TV screens and he was just a, a nice man and he was good for our game and he'll be very sadly missed. Like, I'll admit, I only know Lou Richards from Lou's Handball on the Sunday footy show, but even then he was still funny, entertaining to listen to, very sharp wit, and just an all-round good bloke of the game. A legend for Collingwood, a legend in Melbourne. And a legend for the game of Australian rules footy. He was a throwback to when that effectively a golden era of sports broadcasting before it got Hamish McLaughlin and Gary Lyon and 
you know, all that shit. Like, basically, when it was funny and it was irreverent, when you see the highlights, that's what it is. They, they, they talked shit. They were amusing. They didn't take it too seriously. They made it fun in a very serious industry. Mm. And they pioneered it for everything that came afterwards. And unfortunately, that legacy has been lost in recent years. Like that—that's the thing. You don't—they say there will never be another one. But it's—and it's not just because he's one of a kind. It's because that sort of thing just doesn't happen anymore. That sort of entertainment, unfortunately. JB on Rush Hour today said that everyone in footy media now pretty much has Lou to thank for what he's done. I don't think you'd find anybody that had a bad word to say about Lou. At the same time, this was, I guess, a long time coming. Like, he hadn't... It's amazing to think it's been nine years since he was on the handball. It's been that long since that's not been done. It's just like... Yeah, it's been a long time. He hasn't been on TV since the pre-show grand final 2011. When Collingwood was last there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was... He obviously went to the opening of his statue after that. But that was about it. But it's sad to see Lou go, but he will be reunited with Edna, his beautiful wife, who he adored, and with all these friends who created, who created something on television that is the reason why we have the business that we have today for football. Like, needless to say, league teams, wherever he's at, has gotten a bit more funnier, a bit better. Well, the, 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 old, the old crews all... Yeah. yeah. They're all back together. No longer having Dermot Berriton say 50 fucking words when only five will do. That's all of our goo and tears. Got a bit serious there. So let's get back to being dickheads. We'll begin with Hawthorne Melbourne, the Jordan Lewis title fight. Typical fucking oh. Melbourne. Absolutely. They built the hopes for their supporters... <laughs> They crashed them down in ways in which would be considered torture at Guantanamo Bay. I mean, for fuck's sake, pull your head out of your ass. You're a fucking decent side. Do something. The moment they get talked up, talked up, they get a big ego, and they completely fuck it up. It's like, I know there's no easy games anymore, but seriously, when you're Melbourne, you shouldn't consider anything an easy game, because the easy games are the hard games for you. And... When it came time to tip, there were two games which were 50-50 that I genuinely ummed and ahed about, and I went the wrong way on both, and this was one of them. I thought, geez, this is such a Melbourne one to lose. I'm like, no, I believe in the new Melbourne. Well, what a fucking idiot I am. It's just like every, every time you think, every time the corner's turned, it turns out that there's, you know, manhole waiting around it. It might be the new Melbourne, but it's still got the same old fatheads. Yeah, they didn't want to play four quarters, Hawthorne did, and they nearly pinched it, but they wouldn't have deserved it anyway. And in a lot of ways, this was a loss they needed to have. And yet at the same time, it's a loss they can't keep having. I am perfectly okay with this uh, strange turn of events. Obviously, (laughs) we can only beat uh, sides that have a few deficiencies in both the mental and the heart department, but... I'm I'm okay with that. It's where we're at, and obviously Melbourne. So you beat the Colas soon. Weak, weak as piss. Yeah, they've they've got no heart. I mean, just look at fucking Grimmersberry. Melbourne, they've got issues. They they seriously need to revisit where they're at. 
and I don't think they've improved at all since like 2014. They just they just keep falling in the same hole every year. I think they have improved, but I think they're taking a long fucking way to get there. Mentally, something's got to change. They've improved since since Neil, obviously, because they were coming off a very low base. But once Paul Roos got there, he ironed out a lot of the Neil issues. I got them back to sort of playing some respectable footy, but. They have not kicked on at all from that point. There's a lot more talent there now, but mentally they're still fucked. They are scarred. And I don't know how you change that. It's a crazy phenomenon. I mean, just look at their list. They have gun midfielders. Viney, Jones, Petrarca, guns. Oliver, Tyson. I mean, Jaden Hunt, he got swung forward. He was a game changer. He was a very good footballer. But I don't know. It's just they lack... the game changers? They just lack the, like, experience that Hawthorne had, I think. No, they lacked heart. Yeah, but say what you want. Sean Burgoyne still a gun footballer. He really did well in the last half of the game. Tom Mitchell played well. If, if you want to know what our midfield is, it's just fucking... I'll send you a photo of Tom Mitchell. That's our entire midfield at the moment. But by golly, he's doing a good job. I mean, big boy McAvoy, a good St. Kilda developed player. Over to the Hawks, proving heart and soul right there. Respect he is the best boy. ruckman in the league. And uh, <laughs> I've tried to point this out to people, and they don't like it. I'm not finding get fun. No, look, it was really disappointing. Ryan Burton looked pretty good. <laughs> Will Langford can only score goals from the boundary line in some arsy dribbling way. He cannot do a simple drop punt, but he fucking does that. Like, what the fuck, man? I'm sure there have been other players like this that can only kind of pull arsy goals out of their ass and There's then a lot of but players can't hit it on the run. 20 metres away. No, but it's not, it's, not, it's not even on the run. Like, you, you yeah, have no. him running into an open goal 20 metres out, and he'll shank it out in the full. Richard and Travis fucking, Cloak used to dob him from the boundary. <laughs> yeah, if I can one... That, that goal that he kicked on the weekend, like the one in the grand final, was probably tried a hundred times, and you'll get it once. I will say, Josh Gibson, he needs, he'll be gone at the end of the season. He's just... <laughs> oh, fucking big call. He's pure AIDS for that team at this yeah, moment. It, well, it's gone backwards. It, it, any other fucking brave calls there you want to make, big guy? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's an Andrew Mackey call, that. Luke Hodge's a fat cunt. Uh, how about Adelaide won't win the wooden spoon? <laughs> that's another fucking brave call from you. Uh, Tim Bryan, Tim Bryan, 200 game for Hawthorne. That's a brave call. Also, I know one gives a fuck call. <laughs> yeah, well, we will revisit this in a decade's time. And you'll say, oh, I was right, he played, it 200, he played 200 games, and we'll say, yeah, he's the worst 200 gamer of all time. Hey, if he plays strong. fucking 200 more games like that, then, woo, I can only get so erect. No, no. He's better than Tom Boyd at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on that game? Nah. Silvioli and Paul Popolo, you're both downhill skis. Speaking of fucking cookie shit calls, uh, <laughs> if Jaden Hunt is a game changer, then he's fucking Troyzan, right down to the <laughs> shitty headband and all. That headband is magnificent. I will hear nothing against that headband. Let's go to uh, the dogs managed to reel Richmond in after a big start. Fucking 
they got their usual help. That wasn't Ooh. deliberate at the end. That was not deliberate. He fumbled it. That was frustrating. Like, actually, for all the shit about the free kicks, there were only a couple of bad ones up until that point, but that one was really fucking bad. And I think Boomer Harvey said it, you won't see that paid again this year. It's just frustrating call, but we made some fuck-ups too. I mean, he just got it wrong, because the replay showed it bobbles out of his hand, he fumbles... It's yeah, clearly not an intentional action. The umpire just got it wrong. And I think the umpires I think the umpires saw the arms trying to grab the ball back and thought he pushed it forward. It was fucking Anthony Stevens too. I've got a follow on <laughs> from what Morg said last week. Mike complained about St Kilda, but he shut the fuck up when Bulldogs got a ride. Morgs was right. Again. Don't yeah, fuck that guy. Mike's a cunt. Mike's Dogs are getting cunt. desperate, though, because Marcus Bontempelli can't be your best mid and best key forward at the same time. They are fucking really desperate. Yeah, like, is Cramery fit? I think it's drops, because... Yeah, that's that's just... A, if you're going to play Bontempelli in the role he's playing, you may as well pick Cramery. They're similar height, and... I know Bontempelli's probably a little bit better overhead, but, yeah, they're falling in at the moment, and they're not playing fantastic football, but they're still winning, and it was frustrating to lose that, considering... Just a few fuck-ups at crucial times. Dustin Martin played very well again. He's shooting up the Brownlow ranked. I mean, if Richmond win at least 15 or so games, I think he's a very good chance. But at the way Cotton's playing at the moment, yeah, I wouldn't Martin... be surprised he's doing some Prudus polling every so often with twos and ones. Martin has the goal-scoring impact, and we know umpires will jizz themselves silly over that. I know that's a Andrew Mackey-like call there. Sorry, Penal. <laughs> You really are hard-hitting tonight, with your opinions. Hard-hitting journalist. This is like wet lettuce shit. Um, anything else out of that game? Dog supporters are still the biggest hypocrites in Australia. And bandwagoners. Spent fucking half a decade complaining about one free kick. They get a ride. Suddenly, oh, no, the umpires are all right. Fucking cunts. It's far too much talk about umpires, seriously. I, I think there is too. Yeah, you can tell this is a fucking two St Kilda person episode with all the umpire talk that's going on. There's a on. lot of talk about umpires this year. It's actually, like, they haven't been that bad. There's been bad, there's been really bad moments, but there haven't been particularly bad games. And despite all the shit... You know what? My team's lost, like, five times, each time by under 23 points. So relatively close games. Not once have we been... Costy game by umpires. No, mostly bad kicking. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I don't think the umpire thing's a thing. I don't either. I, it, I, I agree. It's a defense mechanism by shit team. So stop. I agree. That that one decision pissed me off, but we had chances in the last couple of minutes when Kane Lambert kicked it 40 metres out, going inside 50 and set it to the top of the square. I have to disagree. I think the umpires have had more impact on the games this year than ever before. I mean, that game that we lost to Geelong by 86 points, <laughs> that, that was all the umpires. They, we were as good, if not better, that day, but the umpires just didn't let us play. You know, speaking of umpires, though, this is what I've always found weird. How the hell do Brisbane Lions get a shitload of free kicks? Has anyone else here been an umpire at any stage in their lives? Yes. Only yep. in netball. Okay, so Penal might be able to relate to this. Because you've been doing it at a lower level, did you ever get games that were horribly lopsided, particularly maybe a junior game? Uh, yeah, like 150 to 10 or something. Plenty of those. And at that stage, you might pay a few soft ones. Mm -hmm. I'll openly admit to sometimes you pay a soft one to the team that were clearly outclassed because... You know, they were trying. Yeah, yeah, at junior level, yeah. Yeah, at would. junior level, you, you throw you them a bone. Do it sympathy. Yeah, a little bit yeah, like that, because you know it's not going to change the a result. Keep their head up. And they get yeah, and smacked. Also to... Who gives a fuck if bitch rubbish bin keeps his head up? Well, <laughs> I think it's the umpires sort of insulating themselves. They can pay a soft one or two to Brisbane. 
Yeah, but they don't get a soft one or two. They always yeah, seem but, to get yeah, a you, bit you, more. You, it's yeah, just no, weird. As much as obviously the historical precedent there with the juniors is there, I, I agree that you shouldn't be no, worrying you shouldn't about do the, it. But I reckon the they still do mentally. They still AFL do. AFL listed players. Or conversely, Brisbane get a lot of free kicks because the umpires love them, but because their players are all crabs, they don't make use of it. <laughs> What's that uh, dickhead's name? Like Reese Matheson? Is he still on their list getting games? Because he was he's getting about ten high tackle free kicks. Yeah, but he's year, he hasn't so. played a game this year, I don't think, because they changed the rule on I'm him. Prob- probably because they changed the rule. Yeah, only 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 Selwood gets those free kicks now. Nothing else on Richmond Dogs. Richmond could have won this, but their inside forward fifty entries were just pure shit at times. How did you rate uh, Ivan Solo's first game? Look, he won a lot of hitouts against fucking Ling Jong. Okay, <laughs> he has a decent kick on him for a ruckman. He was okay. He's just clearly doesn't have confidence in traffic to take possession when he gets caught there. He was a lot of times he was trying to tap the ball, you know, sideways taps from um, waist height to players, and there are a couple of times it put us under the pump. He'll be good for the run. I reckon he's all right, but a bit of a way to go. I still reckon you would have won if you had uh, Big Oren playing. (laughs) Let's move on to... Morgs mentioned Collingwood have been beaten in every game where they've lost because they deserve to. We've been beaten in every game we've lost. Damn straight we have. Well, that's a, that's a that's a cookie level call there. No, but because you deserved because you deserved to lose. It was nothing to do with umpiring. It was bad kicking. It was bad this, bad that. What was it this time? Nil effort. Everything that was right about last week was wrong this week. Yeah, I'm not here to make excuses because they fucking shit me. But they say that sometimes it's not the first game after a short break that it's the second one where it catches up to you. Maybe it was that. But three games in eleven days caught up to us. Sounds like excuses to me. No, they were just they were they looked a step behind. They were lazy. They didn't try hard enough. Do I? You're just reading off Nathan Buckley's script, are yeah, you? Yeah, it sounds like it. Nice of you to chime in, though, Brad. <laughs> yeah. So no Wellsy, no Collingwood. Yeah, I think so. Jordy Degowi will be good for the run, I guess, if he doesn't run into his dog anytime soon. <laughs> It's funny that he went to the effort of getting a dog, though, afterwards. Did he? Yeah, he's got a dog now. Just I guess I guess that's commitment to the lie, it but after the fact. Or, or at uh, least yeah, he's shoring up his excuse fact. for next time. Bloody after-the-fact dog owner. Mm. You know what? Commitment to the lie after the fact, is that like paddles going out and buying a bike? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and go, leaving it if somewhere. he goes to buy a bike now and parks it out the front of where he left it. I'm just going to say... I don't buy the excuse that, oh, we played three games in whatever days, because St. Kilda played just as much games in, like, 13 days, so... Well, well no, you didn't, because it was 13 days, it's not 11. <laughs> like, it's, it's a different number. I don't know what it is. I saw a stat on, like, Twitter or whatever. But it's a different number of days. It was even like it was one day difference. 13 and 11 is two. Yeah, but I don't know what it was off the top of my head. It was like 12 or 13 or some shit. I tell you what, that just makes St Kilda's win all the more meritorious and commendable. So good on you, St Kilda and Collingwood. No excuses. But on this, how was Carlton's banner? One of their best considering, well, the complete and utter shit they've had this season. Yeah, everyone at Carlton earned their money this week from the banner guy to Daisy Thomas. I don't know, oh. 700000 for one goal is pretty expensive. Oh, he, he had like 20 touches, didn't he? He was pretty good. He wasn't Petrovsky seaton but he wasn't bad either. How much are you paying for Maine? Less. A lot less. Well, 
Let, let, let's find something we can all agree on. It's $400,000 less per goal than Tom Boyd. But yeah, no, Daisy was reasonable, and Cookie got a bit of news on his contract that we've been talking about all year. Daisy has decided to be the magnanimous, selfless bloke that he is. He's decided to take away his automatic contract extension. Needless to say, someone to Carlton has listened to this podcast. Hi, Carlton. He's forfeited the clause, which is really interesting. Like He's probably had the big dose of reality hit him in the face. Carlton's the sort of club that are just cuntish enough to delist him at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like, instead of instead of knocking him no. down and saying, we'll pay you 300, they'll just say, fuck off and buy No, I, re- I reckon what, they, yeah, what they've done is they've had a conversation to basically say, either you get rid of the clause and we'll sign you up for one year next year on yeah. less money and we'll have you as depth, or if you don't want to get rid of the clause, we'll make sure you don't get it and then yeah. you're out. So they have got, kind of gone the, the compromise. Bit of a big move. Yeah, but they've 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 achieved a good compromise, but obviously Carlton held all the cards, and I could see them yeah, just uh, just going the the full country and saying, "Now we're just not going to play you." Here's something I don't get from Buckley on that game day: Levi Greenwood, fantastic job tagging Joel Salwood last week. Mark Murphy's had a pretty good season. Obviously speaking, you'd want to you know Greenwood on Murphy. So why the hell did he put Greenwood on the half forward flank? Wasting him. Apparently, he was running with Doherty. Yeah, defensive forward role on Cade Simpson or something. Maybe he thought the ghost would tag Murphy. There was one passage of play where it did look like the ghost got him again, <laughs> and and the ghost threw him to the ground. It was magnificent, but that was short-lived. Just on the banner, can I go back to the Carlton banner, which was quite amusing for those who missed it. Thank Collingwood for the memories, all the lost grand finals Collingwood had lost to them. Morgs, did you find that banner rude and mean? No, I didn't really care. Oh, really? I didn't care. I I was looking at our banner and our Premiership Cups in front of us, and I thought that was nice. I didn't. So you're not sooking about your opposition's wicked burn? No, I thought it was funny. Yeah, uh-huh. it, was Good quite, it was quite amusing, yeah. I think more people yeah. should just accept the fact that when another team gets you on the banner... No, you could just go sick burn and then move on. Yeah, take your, tip your no, hat to them. No, wicked you burn, to, mate. You have, to draw, you have to draw a line in the sand or no, else... No, you say wicked burn, mate, and you move on. Yeah. It's all if right, Penal. We gave it you, the old college try. If you don't stand up for what is right and what is wrong, then soon people are going to uh, start putting out banners like the ones that I would put out. And <laughs> there are kids at the football. You don't want to see that happen. That killing hookers. <laughs> your words, not mine. <laughs> you know, your words first. No. See, you're, you're just the guy who takes it too far. See, everyone else is having a bit of fun. Exactly. You need, you need people to police the banners to protect the world from people like me. Well, why don't you just stop? <laughs> Yeah, just how, stop. How Were you disappointed? You're going to get with the um, Western Bulldogs do one. That was a terrible banner by him. Not as good as our one. But penal, 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 though. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if banners didn't have fun anymore? I mean, you have to laugh at the banner we yeah, have yeah, lost. You're, you're just Andrew Pridham. He doesn't like funny banners either. He doesn't like anything. Yeah, do you have <laughs> fake artworks on your wall? <laughs> yeah, Andrew Pridham only likes fake banners. <laughs> Fake you can't run franchise, fake salary caps. Hey, that's why fake we've got dollar. that's why we've got any given Sunday because not just are the draft concessions out, but so is the fucking cola. All of a sudden, first year without cola, and look what happens. Holy shit! Doesn't take a genius, just Eddie Maguire. I remember as soon as 
As soon as the draft concessions went away, destroying other clubs' chances to rebuild, rejuvenate, and attack Hawthorne, it's no surprise they went to shit. Mm, that's true. Dead just lucky. Dan is right. Scum, really, on our game. Vultures. You fucking finished yet, cunts? <laughs> Worst repeat oh, of never all be time. Finished. But we do need to move never. on to St Kilda and the Giants, which honestly did not look like ending the way it did. Like, if, if St Kilda won, I thought it would be hard fought and gutsy, not basically smacking them. Well, well, yeah, at three-quarter time after Smith, I think, kicked that goal, you pretty much mark, put the glasses down, mark it down as a Giants win. Mm, especially with the way they started the last. Like, except they didn't put it on the board, but they were all over St Kilda for the first few, and then they didn't fire a shot after that. Very good last quarter from us. I mean, Blake Akers, two goals. Who needs five? Jade Gresham. Who needs five? There's the bravest call you've made all all flogcast. And fucking Jade Gresham, exciting young lad. Jack Steele, hard as his namesake. Seb Ross, brilliant. Just fucking... It's good to go to a game and realise that Nick Rewalt can play like shit and we can win. That's something fucking amazing. Also, Sam Gilbert beat Billy Longer into rock. I bet you wish you still had McAvoy. No. I'm content with Longer. I'm just happy we finally managed to grind out four quarters. Oh, we did that last week. But every single time the Giants came at us... We found an answer. The first few games of this season, the moment that the opposition came at us, we fell to water. Oh, you're acting like beating the Giants is hard. Yawn. Hey, Jeremy Cameron and John Patton didn't tear us a new arsehole. I'm being positive. Yeah, yeah she's but... making a joke because Collingwood have never lost to them. And it might be the last time I could make this yes, fucking joke. exactly. She's milking it. Like so Who do but Collingwood play next week? Oh, what do you think I'm making now? Fucking Thanks. milk the joke for all it's worth this this week. It's what I'm doing, you fucking knobs. <laughs> Do you want Brownie back? He can certainly defeat a good Giants player. Really brave of you, Morgs. <laughs> Yo, fuck off. You're all shit. You've all been beaten by the GWS Giants. We haven't. Jaron Geary, he could certainly tackle the general at any given moment. That yeah. was a bloody good tackle. Almost yeah, no, changed the game. Stevens has won. I don't know who that is. I think he plays for St Kilda. Yeah, I think he's a fringe player, though. I don't know who Darren Weary is. He's like their role player. He'd be like a Richie Vandenberg at Hawthorne, except not captain. He is captain. like a Levi Greenwood that you don't what? put on he the is plate. Fucking... Yeah, not biting. It's a perfect comparison. Not biting. Fuck off. It's get fucked. <laughs> not biting. Get fucked. Okay, I'm pretty certain this is a, like an aspect of tanking, but why the fuck does BT go into the winners' rooms after every Friday night game? Like, I'm no AFL player, but if I had BT interviewing me, I'd want to tank that game. When he goes down there, they do you notice how they all not make eye contact with him? It's just awkward all round. It's like everybody starts looking at the floor. Oh, oh the coach needs because me. Because he says, wowee, in their yeah. faces. Shoe- wow, they, they all get, like, all, they, all these confident footballers become like shoegazers when BT gets down there. Because it's just like, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. You know, go get a massage because BT's here. Just coach wants a meeting. Yeah. Talk to Triple M, talk to 3AW, talk to whoever. Harden up footballers, he's not that bad. I mean, he hasn't been that bad this year. 
Like, oh, give, he, give he him still a chance. Had that. He still had that. That was out of bounds. That was out of bounds. Also, Josh Kelly, Gomez St. Kilda. He was brilliant. <laughs> Suck shit, North. Suck shit, Dan. Well, so you're going to get Josh Kelly and Nat Fife and everybody else? And, du- and Dustin Martin and... Fuck, you're, you're a bunch of idiots. You're the new Hawthorne. You think you're going to get everybody. I'm content with Tom Rockliffe and Josh Kelly. Tom Rockliffe? I was about to say, when you, men- when you mention Rockliffe, you're going to talk up Fife and you're going to talk up Kelly and you're going to talk up Dustin. And in the end, all you're going to get is Tom Rockliffe. <laughs> and Josh Kelly, all right? Richo will change Rockliffe. No, Rockliffe will crab up St Kilda. I'm also He's quite drunk and just burned as well. I can't wait till you send Hawthorne's pick to Brisbane for Rockliffe, mate. <laughs> We're not doing that. Don't be silly. Even we wouldn't have been that stupid. You would have said two of them. Well, just on the fucking Jaron Geary thing, someone posted a main board thread uh, during the week. It's like AFL players that you wouldn't recognise if you pass them on the street. And that thread is just full of fucking pictures of St Kilda players. <laughs> and they're all in fucking St Kilda's best 22, but you can't recognise them. They're yeah. almost as bad as Brisbane in that respect. Underrated. Or Sydney during the pre-Buddy and Tippett years, really. I mean, fucking um, ben, ben Matthews owns that thread. Hey, under the radar, that can only be a good thing. They're not fucking schoolgirls. They're not raping chicks. They're not burning dwarves. Just wait till Rockcliffe gets there, mate. <laughs> The worst and killed a controversy in the last few years is Luke Dunstan passed out on a New Zealand bench because he was drunk. Respect, Dunstan. Respect. Anything else on that game? Steve Johnson, retire, you old fart. Oh, God, yeah. Stevie J, go back to the twos. If you can't he's, do it anymore, get the fuck out. He's entered the fucking twilight of his career. He's in the Josh Gibson zone. <laughs> the Josh Gibson zone, and that's a bad zone to be in. They really it, miss Green and Deledio. Well, Toby Green's only got himself to blame, really. That's why you don't go out and yeah, people. Yeah, he was in the box uh, reacting to the game, and he was like, oh, I wish I was out there, but, uh, yeah, fucking should have hit a bloke then. <laughs> no, you can't miss Deledio. You've never had him. You can't miss him. True. Let's go to the next game. The Eagles beat Port on the road, which was another frustrating game to tip, because I imagine a lot of people probably just thought, oh, it's West Coast travelling. No heart in this one. Apparently, Charlie Dixon played well. It was yeah. quite understated by Alfred on the Contested day. marking just beef. FYI. Charlie Dixon was good. Wingard was good. Just basically, every Port player was good, except the one who's been good all year in Robbie Gray. And ultimately, <laughs> that was probably the difference. <laughs> but I watched parts of this game, but it was entertaining enough. And I'm struggling to think of, considering how how Port played, how West Coast managed to win. Well, yeah, Ryder was fucking dominant. So yeah. <laughs> it keeps that up, it'll be dangerous. But... Like, West Coast beat them and were never really, after, a, you know, they were in front by five goals at one point, it got back to about it's, well, it's just, ten points. Because obviously the ga- it's a game of momentum, and it's like whenever you have the momentum going your way, can you put the score on the board? Whenever they had momentum, they piled on yeah. three goals in like five minutes, and that was enough. Port Adelaide could never reel them in after that. Yeah, I just don't know what to make of West Coast or Port Adelaide after that game. That's just more questions than answers out of that one. Well, West Coast did what they had. But like, they can't do much more. They don't play in Melbourne again until the grand final, potentially. So they did what they had to do. More yeah. questions about Port after this game, surely. Anyway, North smashed the Crows with the 10-goal lightning first quarter, and... Game over that, in the first quarter. 
Look, I don't know what to make of this one either. That first quarter from North was what as perfect as a quarter as you're going to see in any game of footy. But there was a massive wind blowing and North in the second quarter played it exactly the way the Crows didn't. They kicked to the opposite side of the ground from the kickouts when the wind was going against them. They choked the Crows up. So that in the second quarter, the Crows only outscored them by, I think, three or four goals. They didn't even make up half the margin. And it was smart football both quarters. They went all out in the first, and they defended really well. And they set themselves up. I mean, Taylor Walker was just <laughs> utterly brilliant for North, I found. Like, brilliant centre-half back performance. Rory Sloan, there is no feel-good lounge in Hobart. It's Cyril-esque, I think. Eddie Betts got his goals, two from free kicks, I believe. But North just... Dominated. I mean, Sean Higgins played a ripper of a game. Potential play. Jared this Waite. was the typical Jared Waite game. Like, the one that he's teased with six goals, eventually a suspension, marking everything in sight. This is what North and Carlton have assumed they were getting for 12 years. I think Robbo was like, oh, I wish Jared Waite played like 100 more games or something like that on 360. Well, but there'd only be 15 of them like this. <laughs> <laughs> the rest he'd, he'd only be eligible for about 20 of them to begin with it's just like this was it had a, everything everything of weight except like the quiet patch but that'll probably come when he gets back from his suspension or something I still don't know how Hawthorne managed to scam a first round pick for Jed Anderson but that's what happens when you win flags everyone overrates who overrates your players and really Hawthorne should have dealt some of those overrated players like Shields to the Gold Coast and they wouldn't have paid a King's Ransom for Jager North versus the Crows look Shocked to be sitting here. Anything else? Amazing. Oh. Amazing. 64 to 0 it was. Against a team that has scored freely all year. Against a team who has an amazing forward line, who just were non-existent. It actually just shows, though, for all the steps their midfield has made this year, if Rory Sloan doesn't do his job, then it falls apart a bit. And down back, they didn't get the same drive from Smith or a couple of the others. And all of a sudden, everyone's got a weakness. Anyone can beat anyone. And the Crows got exposed. Yeah, teams kind of worked out how to expose their midfield a bit. Like, I just, after that, I just can't fucking take seriously any team that has uh, Kirtley Hampton and uh, David McKay in it. If it was going to be like a 64 to 0 start. It's Crows on North. Yeah, but you would expect them to come back. North yeah. still won by yeah. 50 points. Yeah, though the Crows did close it to five goals in the third against the wind. That was when it North looked like Northing, and credit to North, they didn't North it. They actually went the other way. They went the other way. They put the back on the throat and they fucking destroyed him. What North a week to a North member. North! <laughs> North did an anti-North. North! Now how's Aaron Mullet ever going to get back in the team? Fucking hell. Nothing else on that game? No, that made me look stupid because I said they were good. Poor Rory. Three games that don't matter. We'll begin with the one that mattered the most for two simple reasons. The Suns beat the Cats in the Ablett Cup, which was a seriously disappointing second game in a row from Geelong, which just shows some of the ones where they fell in. You know, Chris Scott's been saying all along, you know, that they weren't as good as their record suggested, and fuck, it showed in the last two weeks. What the hell's changed at Geelong? They seem to just play shit all of a sudden. Nothing. They're just carried by a couple of players. And when Dangerfield and Selwood don't do shit, they get smacked. Because, like, you can't rely on Stephen Motlop because, well, he's got no heart and he has no balls. Does anybody <laughs> want to have a go at that squib? Oh, you fucking weak. 
cunt. He should be dropped from that side permanently. I mean, for fuck's sake, we're all harder than that pathetic piece of shit as a footballer. Andrew Mackey is harder than that. Yeah, he, he would have gone. He would have been uncertain, but he would have gone yep. just enough to, to not be in that position. He'd have knocked it on or something. He wouldn't have marked it, but he'd have spilled it away from the Suns players. He wouldn't have just left it. Yeah. But I think we should be positive for the Gold Coast. I mean, Callum Archie, no idea who he is, but keep going while we fucking sneeze at He's Richard Chiqui's brother. Yeah. Remember Richard Chiqui at Port? The Bogganator played well. Yeah, the, he's got his form going at round seven. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> Look, the Suns got in early because they've got the big China game next week. They made sure they got a win before the players get fucked by the um, filthy, filthy Chinese air. But the Motlop squib was the biggest thing out of this It game. was one of the all-time low squibs. Like, it, it was I've not horrendous. seen many worse than that. Like, the, the Gibbs one, it, it's even worse than that. Yeah, it's worse than most of the ones that are famous. Yeah, it's shocking, and I don't want to hear anyone. I, I haven't seen the commentary, but every time someone scoops, you hear it. On oh, no, AFL footballers are so brave, you can't criticise them for not going. Nah, bullshit. Like, maybe in some cases, you can forgive a bit of uncertainty over a long period of time, but Motlop is... Yeah, particularly a, a running back with a flight one, occasionally yeah. you can say, okay, I can I can see why he didn't go there, but that was just one where you you got to put he, your body... Yeah, he pulled out you entirely. Gotta, you got to take a whack. He didn't even go half-hearted. He, w- he just didn't go. Like, he could have taken a mark, maybe cop a hit, maybe get a 50s, but just an insult to his Guernsey. Jack Darling-esque, really, and he was pretty shit too, from all accounts. He's back to... Seriously, he did this last year. He played six weeks where he was probably in the best handful on the ground for those games and then turned to utter shite as the year went on. He's a liability in that team at the moment. Yeah. Like, as soon as Dangerfield has an off day, Motlop being there actively makes the team, like, three goals worse off. Mm. He's a true downhill skier. And for all the talk of how good he was from the Geelong flogs earlier in the season, look, we're seeing the real Motlop. There's a reason Geelong tried to trade him, and mm. there's also a reason no one wanted him. <laughs> he's our Sam Managola. Oh, what a, what an injustice that he was fucking dropped and only got a reprieve that because someone was a late out Henderson, Henderson. I think it was. Yeah, so fucking if anyone needs more proof that Chris Scott is an idiot and can't coach, it's the fact that he dropped Menegola uh, ahead of this game and then he comes in due to an injury and is one of their best players. Like, duh, at least he has a go, la. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good note to move on from. Look, the last two games are really who-gives-a-fuck games. Bryans versus the Colas. Any given Sunday probably works for the most part, but the Bryans uh, might be the Can one exception. saying that? <laughs> no. Jesus. Are you getting a dollar every time you say it? As much as myself or Dan might welcome a cash for comment scenario. No. All I can say is that a Lions player got dudded because he was physically stronger than Franklin and Franklin dived like a penis. Oh, well, he would have kicked seven instead of eight then. Yeah, but still the principle remains. Nick Robertson or whatever the fuck his name is, he did good. He oh, deserves a thumbs up. Beaten up on Buddy when Buddy tried to go him. That was pretty funny. Buddy started it. He fucking dropped him. Buddy dived. Buddy started it and Robertson finished it. That was pretty amusing, but this was... <laughs> I don't give a fuck about this game, really. Yeah, other than Buddy kicking a bag, there is literally nothing to talk about. I don't think Sydney answered any of the questions either. Sydney just took out six weeks of frustration out on the lines. That's it. Yeah, basically. They took the soft kill. And Brisbane are still probably a level below. They got lucky in round one. But it's probably 
not many teams they can compete with. Maybe they'll pull one out against someone who's off, but certainly... Yeah, uh, uh, on any given Sunday, I yeah, reckon. On any can. given Sunday, yes. <laughs> Don't play them Friday, though. <laughs> they'll lose. But basically, this was a talent game, and the Colas actually... Yeah, maybe those Steph Curry glasses they were running with in the week that partially blinded and worked or something. Did anyone see that? It would have reminded Hannah's of when he was utterly shit-faced, so that probably gave him an advantage. It's typical Colas thinking they're the Golden State Warriors, though. I mean, the fucking picture they published, I saw that and I was like, Kurt Tippett looks like an absolute fucking spastic in these, <laughs> but then I realised, when does he not look like an absolute spastic? Kurt Tippett can't mark it without the glasses. How's he going to go with the fucking glasses? But t- th- there are a lot of parallels. Like, you know, Golden State went out and picked up Durant and paid him a lot of money. They... <laughs> bandwagon of base because they've been successful. He's choking a 3-1 leads, one's choking grand finals. There's a lot of parallels between them and the Colas. A little bit plasticky. Entire plastic. Alira Leo looks like the deal with it guy. Where's the monster? Frio Essendon's the last game. Not much out of this. Nat Fife gone. This is gone. Come to daddy Nat Fife. <laughs> I thought you are getting Rockcliffe and Josh Kelly, mate. <laughs> I thought you didn't need him. Oh, we need no, him. you didn't need him. You wanted Rockcliffe. <laughs> You must be the I only. You must be the only Rockcliffe. person in the world who wants Rockcliffe over Nat Five. Like not even the Brian supporters want that. Want <laughs> I want Nat Five, but I expect Tom Rockcliffe. All right, I'm a realist. You sound like a defeatist flog. That attitude. <laughs> if we get Nat Five, you rest assured I will be gooier than fucking the Playboy Mansion. Doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you'll be fucking. You you you'll see the announcement and fucking start slitting your wrist like Dan after the win last week and be like, I wanted Rockcliffe. <laughs> I still want five. He's a lovely player. Blank. And he suits our pride game to a T. Oh, speaking of fucking Sydney, Brisbane, you see Buddy during the week? I think, oh, you pointed that out in the thread. He's the ambassador for Pride at the moment. Is that a regular every year now, St Kilda, Sydney? Yeah, Or is. Is, or is that I just a one-off? Well, you have to get fucking Fife now, and then you could have Fife and Buddy squaring off, representing both the trans and the uh, gay communities. Oh, we've got Damon Armitage as well. He was a good cocksucker. But on Frio and Essendon, look, Frio overran him. Not much else to say. Look, it looked like it was going to happen, even with Essendon up reasonably comfortably late in the second. Bradley Hill played well. But you did notice something from Pavlich, Cookie. Yeah, he got a little bit racist when it comes to uh, determining where a person's from, especially in regards to uh, Michael Walters, who he called pretty much from a crime-ridden shithole. Just not in those words, but principle remains. Was he getting a bit snobby, the Pav? Was he staring down his nose at him? Pretty much, which is quite hypocritical considering Pavlich was from Adelaide, where they stuff people in fucking barrels, among other things. But nothing else on that game. We've spent too much talking about this already. It's like the ultimate doesn't matter. Yep, time to move on to the talking points, and we'll begin with Gil believes the rule changes are better for the game. Cookie, this was your talking point, so is that the gist of it? Gil thinks the rule changes are better, and... Yeah, Gil's gone a bit on the uh, old delusional AFL goo. Deliberate rule. We don't have rules. We have open interpretations. It's not good enough. No, I might I might actually fucking get a stopwatch out and time how much of the game time is spent up by the commentators explaining or talking about that specific instance of the deliberate inter- interpretation. Because I reckon for some games it would be up around the 10-15 minute mark just spent talking about the deliberate rule and debating it. I reckon once we're at that point where 
fucking you just wonder you so much of the time is spent wondering and trying to explain and trying to understand umpiring decisions that it's just become farcical it's gone too far i don't mind the rule in a sense but the problem is they're making bad calls and it's seemingly going unaddressed i'd say that on the deliberate front there's still probably i'd say more than half are probably actually working out better but it's the it's the shocking ones it's the ones like shane kirsten Jaden short there was a couple in the giants game that were bad against the dogs the toby green one that wasn't paid yet there was another one that was like just lack of identification of skill errors really. no no deliberate changes. rule no deliberate rule would be better than the current and of course I say that as a Hawthorne supporter, but it's true because you've got a case where the, the umpires are second-guessing it, the commentators second-guessing it, the players second-guessing it, and of course the fans have got no clue what's going on. I think that's the problem. It's structured in such a way the umpires don't know what to pay, so they're actually making some calls that are outside the spirit of the game. Like the old rule was spirit of the game, and if they had have just... But, but I mean, from a player's perspective, and this applies both to out-of-bounds and rush-behinds, it makes more sense from a player's perspective, to not put pressure on your opponent mm. if they're near a boundary line in the hopes of conning the umpire into a free kick. Because you know that if I go near him, if I put pressure on it, it's just going to be out of bounds. But I want the free kick, so I'm not going to put pressure on. Mm. That is not within the spirit no, of the that's game. No, not, that's not either. And probably that probably requires another interpretation in itself. That being said, the worst thing about confusion like this is it brings about the worst suggestions of all time. And it's like people can't remember the NAB challenge of like five years ago where they played the two games. Um, everyone played two games in the one night for basically the half games. They played last touch out of bounds. If you can't remember how shit that was, just go back and watch. Find some of the old games and then you'll realise that that solution is fucking retarded. Yeah, and, and the worry is not what the current situation is because the, the current situation is very far from ideal, but you just know they're going to break it further to try and remedy the problem, mm. whether that's by going to last touch or whether that's by adding more interpretations around intent. I mean... Luke Beveridge nailed it in his in his uh, presser with the insufficient intent insufficient intent gag by saying it's a bit of a joke that they've kind of had to explain it in that way and yeah so I, I just worry where it's going to go to next because they're going to add more interpretations around the grey areas or they're going to go to last touch and uh. I would still rather interpretation over the black and white last touch because you'll still get get umpires fucking up over who touched it last anyway and then you've just got a shit rule that will still have mistakes made so i don't know it's a lengthy discussion but at the moment it's not where it should be gillen's got his head in his, the sand if he thinks what the current situation is is right like none of us have probably any problem with deliberate rule but it just needs to be interpreted better i don't even have a problem with the crackdown to make it a little bit harsher the problem is that it's just so inconsistent and the interpretation element of it is clearly feeding that it's far too confusing worse than holding the ball which is <laughs> which is another one or oh, incorrect disposal no oh. Mm, it changes it's gone out a window. Yeah, from week to week. You used to get penalised. Now, in the last couple of weeks, no one's getting done, really, unless they get charged down. Unless the name is Liam Shields. Oh, he had some shockers against him yesterday. Oh, Liam Shields. 
Hey, it took Wouldn't that Tom... happen if he was a Gold Coast player? I'm just sticking up mm-hmm. for a mate. It took Tom Rockliffe half a game of football to have one legitimate disposal. Let's not get into this. Sh- Actually, Morgs is right. It wouldn't have happened if he was a Gold Coast player because Rodney Eade would have stuck out for him midweek and it would have influenced the umpires. <laughs> Love, lovely segue because I was just about to bring that up. So do you want to take us to that? So what's what's the story there, Penal? Apparently, Chris Scott has uh, cracked the sads because... Uh, oh, no. Rodney- <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, I'm I know. shocked to be sitting here. But yeah, in, in his presser, he said that uh, the umpires have been conned by Rodney Eade uh, going to, for a please explain in the midweek. And he's apparently, apparently he's the umpires again. are giving Gold Coast a favourable run because Rodney Eade asked for a please explain in the midweek. But what made the Scott Sooking even more memorable uh, than usual is that in his presser he's gone, they did this before last year when they played us and now they've done it again. It's a conspiracy. Everybody's out to get us. He's the fucking coach version of plugger. They're, they're, com- they're coming against. They took away the docking rule and neutralized Selwood. And... I would respect this opinion a lot more from a coach that has a player that didn't get a free kick from high contact from his own fucking teammate. You stupid cunt, Scott. You shut your mouth. It is pretty funny, the level of Sook to actually remember that Ede complained a year ago, and then Tom Lynch got two sus free kicks. Like, that's the sort of thing I'd only expect someone on Big Footy to remember who's like, is that Pluggeresque or the Bulldogs, the revolt goal that Dog Supports talked about for years. Like, that's the sort of thing you'd only expect on somewhere like here, where things get taken to the complete level of idiocy. Nothing else on that? Just fucking hypocrite. He should just shut his fucking mouth. Did you guys catch the um, MRP thing? Because Chris Scott's had a go at the MRP as well for the sling tackle one. Yeah, Chris and Brad, they always look out for each other when it comes to the sooks. Suspensions and free kicks. Yeah, so apparently the umpires and basically he's parroted fucking not cookies talking points saying that the uh if the ump on field says it's not a free then it's uh the mrp shouldn't take action either which is stupid because you can make mistakes on field when you're seeing it live and don't have the benefit of replay yeah not cookie you're stupid <laughs> stealing from the scots they stole from me there's only a couple of things left of the talking points. Firstly, we'll look at AFL Evolution. Cookie, you added that. Have you played it? I have. I played it in a mate's house. How's it go? Friday. Have we actually got a good game? It's appallingly average. The most excitement we'll get is probably from trying to get Tim Embry on the cover. That's the most excitement I got from this game. Do not get. Let's go to a couple of talking points that are both jumper-related. Firstly, North's Clash Guernsey vote. If you're going to have a vote, make it member-related. Don't let random flogs on the internet, because... We're not rigging it very well, though, are we? Yeah, cause, well, because you'll get a fucking Boaty McBoatface. Hey, don't knock Boaty McBoatface. Boaty that... McBoatface was the best. But surely North, North should have learned their lesson from that. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely. Maybe like... they want the Boaty McBoatface jumper. <laughs> it's a Jack Watts of boat names. It's... And Elle hates them all. All of them. What, isn't, isn't one of them the old Premiership the 90s, 90s one? But he hates them all. He just wants... They don't, they don't need a clash trip. They're oh, strike. That's it. You clash with Kyle, like, and you yeah, jump up. I like the Suze one that someone posted in their thread. <laughs> Why did North change their Guernsey anyway? I remember that. Argentina was shit. Argentina, white, like, black, was reviled. Stri- no, they had the white... You know, the white Guernsey with the free white blue stripes. 
now it's the blue Guernsey with three white stripes. They've done a Collingwood, just not yeah, as fanfare-y. Well, and unlike Collingwood, they can't, like, weasel out of that with, you know, Collingwood do that just because they're Collingwood and they can, whereas um, North don't have that sort of level of sway, I guess. They don't have a belligerent president like Eddie to yeah. push that shit through. I just don't know why you put the silly cartoon one in there. That's, like, that's bad as a nap cup jumper. Don't be ridiculous. Come on, North. Come on. And to put it up for a vote, they're very lucky that that polls is rigged as a raffle down there. Um, <laughs> I suspect someone down at North has got the fucking Russian bot army <laughs> and uh, is reading the poll in favour of options two and three, just to, to not see that one win. Cookie, can you use your own Russian connections to get us, us a bot army? I'll give it the old college try. Vladimir Putin will take over North and we'll get what we want. Make the North jump a shit again. The other jumper thing is, this is interesting because I'm not sure if he'll be fit by Dreamtime, but Shane Edwards is going to wear the number 67 for the Dreamtime game to in recognition of the 50th anniversary of the referendum to include Indigenous Australians in the census. So it's exactly, the match is on the exact anniversary of that date, and because the year was 1967, he's wearing... 67 so this is almost like last week where we said the port players could swap from four now i don't know what else to say about this but i guess we can put number changes up like any other numbers that could be changed well i, I wouldn't mind a player who gets out and about on the town every saturday he's good with the ladies maybe he can have a good 69 guernsey mm. or maybe a player who indulges in the herb a, a bit Listen to a bit about Marley, he could maybe have the 420. Yep, I reckon when Tom Rockcliffe arrives at St Kilda, he can take the number three Guernsey in, uh, in recognition <laughs> of the only chicks he's ever rooted. Let's not take that from Jack Stephen and Nathan Burke. That number is sacred. All right. right. Let's not get too far. But you give me a boob recruit. Boom recruit. What's more sacred than banging chicks, Cookie? It's St Kilda. That's all your club's about. Uh, Nathan Burke's helmet. <laughs> That's a virgin thing to say. Someone's helmet's not more sacred. Hey, don't you be dissing Nathan Burke's helmet. That thing is a fucking masterpiece. You can't fuck it. <laughs> we can still look at it and admire it. Morgs at St Kilda, oh, they've tried. Oh, well. I will not hear a bad word against Nathan Burke and his helmet. It protected his head. Paddy McCartan, take note. Wear a fucking helmet. Any other jumper changes? Can Jago O'Meara wear the pick's value of what he cost Hawthorne? Or do we not take four figures on jumpers? I uh, know he's he's already picked ten, and that's what we gave the Hawks, so kind of already works there. I'm just, I'm just trying to see how this would work, but I'm, I'm thinking that if you, like, put it on back to front, a helmet could be sort of like a, a makeshift budget glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Nathan Burke's helmet. But anything else on the number switches? Anything else on Shane Edwards? Dan Mansell could have a like a number for every knee injury oh, he's had. Oh, I would have <laughs> expected that from Morgs, not you. <laughs> Disgraceful cookie. <laughs> We're all fixed. Cookie's trying too hard to shake the um weak calls tag right there. He's trying to be cutting edge. <laughs> Well, that's really funny though. Nothing else on the jumper number changes, Edwards. I'm going to say we could reflect a player's IQ with jumper numbers. I mean, Dustin Martin's already pretty accurate. Grr. 
It will, it will, it will be interesting though to see a number sixty-seven out there. Like, it'd be a long time since we've seen a number that high that goes beyond the Ben Brown number fifty or Rolton Roberts fifty-one. I think it was. I get this. I get the significance of it. I don't know if that's what he wants to do. Got yeah. him. Whatever. You can wear a number sixty-seven, but you can't wear a headband. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Fair point. That actually. Let's go to. We won't talk about it. The previews we'll talk about now the China game, which is approaching, and. Look, it seems to be lurching from one fast to a next. Oh, it's it, but that's the thing. It's a gift that keeps on giving. And now Rocket Eat ain't going to take his asthmatic players because of mm-hmm. the dust storms. And half of them are going to be cramped in economy. Yeah. And they've got to fucking change planes in Hong Kong or something. It's not even a direct flight. They haven't even got a charter flight private jet or something. Jesus. What what a, what a mess this is. That, uh-huh. Like, admittedly, some teams have to do that to go to Tassie, but, you know. I think Port- uh, we have to we have to have connecting flights to get to Tasmania. Of course, you have to have a connecting flight to get to China. That's just oh, here we go, Morgs with the expert. Well, it's fucking the Gold Coast to China, you dumb fucks. <laughs> but isn't don't all the Chinese tourists don't all the Chinese tourists isn't well, a popular Western destination? Well, blah blah didn't, blah. Didn't blah. wasn't there a direct flight? Like even if it was only for a couple of years and so Morgs. Now that we're yes. here, can you cancel the flights? Are they flying <laughs> just like it? They'd be flying on Virgin, oh. Gold Coast to Sydney. You can't cancel the game? Like a... Port Adelaide isn't flying Virgin. They're flying Cathay Pacific or whatever. Cathay Pacific don't fly Gold Coast to Sydney. They'd be flying Gold Coast to Sydney on Virgin and then they'd t- get a flight from Sydney to Shanghai. They should really just take a plane straight to Hong Kong, get on like a fucking bullet train order to have the Chinese have. Mm. No, that would not work. No. I don't know travel, right? I've only been, like, internationally once. It's pretty farcical. I think this is the first and last we'll see of this game because, look, even even if without the asthmatic players, I reckon once they all get back from their bye, they'll be out of puff by half-time, both these teams. Like, there's no way I mean, you can play a game of football over there without feeling some effects for a while. Port were, like, they're so excited. They're so happy. It's like, yeah, we have a China game. It's like, oh, fuck. We have games with Adelaide Oval. They're going to be screwed next year when a, every club in the AFL says, mm, we don't need the money. I mean, they're not getting GWS. They're sure as hell not getting Sydney. The two Perth clubs, gone. Their Adelaide only hope clubs, are the Bryans, really. Pretty much. And they need to hope that they're that desperate when Commonwealth games are around. Yeah, exactly. Because Melbourne playing the NT, the Dogs are in Ballarat, and I don't know if they're still in Cairns or not. Hawthorne, Tassie, North, Tassie. Wasn't there talk about one of the Bryans games getting cut because yeah. of the Commonwealth games? Well, exactly. That's their one hope. Public transport. Yeah, so that would be the... um. The one hope, but I think this game will just be such a massive flop that even fucking Port won't want to do it next year. Like, Koshi will just eat humble pie. Even Koshi won't be able to spin this to the masses. Chairman Koshi won't be able to fucking spin this because, as far as I'm aware, they still haven't secured a deal. The AFL have not secured a deal to broadcast a game live in China. It's only being picked up by some fucking highlight show on some network. Like, how are they going to grow the game if... You're not yeah. even showing the game live. I, I, I and, you, know. and you know what? The AFL are pretty fucking good at getting their TV deals done. Gillen's good at that. The guys coming through behind him are pretty good at that. It's like the one thing they're good at. Yeah. They're really fucking good at how to get their stuff on TV, how to manage their media rights, and yet they can't get on Chinese free-to-wear. That says a lot about exactly the product that they're trying to sell and the people they're trying to sell it to. There is no common ground. There is a mismatch of epic proportions. But... 
I have just thought about it. Koshi is going to spin this. He's going to blame the Gold Coast. And the port supporters will lap it up. If the game's a failure, it'll be the Gold Coast's fault because they didn't change jumpers. Just remember, Port, aerobics China-style outrage to you 10 to 1, you fucking cunts. We'll say fucking Gold Coast on-field performances haven't been good enough. Not enough people are interested in them. We need a big opponent. And then everyone else goes, oh, fuck off. Um, and then they end up with Brisbane. And they... I'm sure Eddie McGuire will be fucking making a beeline to try and off. Especially when, like, the only other Victorian club who doesn't sell games that might be in the market to sell them is St Kilda and moving on if we've got nothing else on the China game. Yeah. Saints are looking at New Zealand again. Potentially Auckland, a much bigger city, about three times bigger than Wellington, at a boutique stadium going to be used for cricket. So that might be on the cards again. And that's clearly a much more... More sensible. More sensible option, yeah. Like, there's expats, there's a, some cultural overlap. It's a quicker flight. It's shorter the flight to Auckland than Perth. And yeah. Plugger35 will be quite happy that yeah. St Kilda's going, Oh, bro, choices, let's play <laughs> down in the ditch, bro. Look, literally, if you're going to get the game watched overseas, if you can't get it watched in New Zealand, you won't get it anywhere else, really. Like, that's natural progression. Yeah, and I mean, that's a sensible call. Uh, like, a natural progression, before you go to fucking Shanghai, try Hong Kong, because it's got a massive expat community. You can get there on a direct flight. I don't know. Koshi just overplayed his hand, and it's going to come back to bite him. But he's a financial guru, so it's... Um... It's all okay. He knows what he's doing, right? Penal? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why his club's making a loss every year. <laughs> he just knows what he's doing. Just before we move on, Cooksy, you had one last thing on the China game? Well, yeah, it's just what happens if there's an injury over there. Say, for instance, someone has a punctured lung, they might need to take alternative transport back home, and that could lead to big issues. Well, like, yeah, they can't fly back. You know, they'd have a boat and you'd have Turnbull, you know, turning them around if they tried to get here, like... Yeah. Can, can There's you... no way they'd let Ahmed Saad back in the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But seriously, like if you if you got a if you got a punctured eardrum or like a problem with your ears or anything like that, you won't be able to fly home. That's yeah, a long. And, and you can't take a bullet train. Mary. <laughs> Well, despite what old <laughs> geography cooking thinks, you can't take a bullet train. They probably have a Chinese alternative. Um, not to Hong Kong, huh? It's called a fucking yak. <laughs> <laughs> and it puts cart and rickshaw behind it. It'll get you to Hong Kong in approximately six days. It is a concern. Like, it's usually a pretty bad issue when someone gets injured like that in Perth, you know, and there's, there's no seas to cross from Perth. I mean, Gary Hubble's going to have to pray to God to get out of Shanghai. And praying ain't going to oh, work. Oh, no. Also. Oh, God. I hope Gary doesn't try and convert them over there. Like, they don't do, They don't go for that in China. They don't do religion in <laughs> oh. China. <laughs> you might What's going to happen? What are, what are the God Squad going to do before the game? They might get locked up for spreading the Jesus. Anti-communist the material. Jesus. Yeah. And if the God Squad get locked up, the Suns won't be fielding a team next week. Oh. Poor Bogganator. He's too cute to go to a North Korean gulag. Maybe Rodney Eid can ask for some clarification before they get there just to smooth the path a bit. That's the last of the talking points. It's question time. And look, there's four questions. We sort of... We'll ask... You don't know, Jackson. We'll see what we come up with. We have touched on it. What effect will the trip to China have on the Suns and power in the following weeks? Anyone want to go near that? I guess we sort of did touch on it. The God Squad will get arrested. Ahmed Saad will be fucked. Yeah. Turn back. 
support have to suffer the glorious enjoy of playing the opening game at the shithole down in Cadinia Park. And before that game, Chris Scott will come out in the press <laughs> conference and say, I can't believe Rodney Eade sought clarification on China's religious <laughs> rules. I think he got favourable treatment from the Pope as a result. <laughs> I mean, Gold Coast of Melbourne, they're going to win that anyway. Gold Coast, that's a such a Melbourne thing. Sorry, Jack, we don't have too much on that. I've got a question for you don't know, Jack. Where are you? <laughs> Asking for a friend. We all know you only turn up after wins. No, Jack is a dead set downhill skier of the highest order. Never been on after a loss. I reckon, oh, oh, oh. oh, come on and spread some goo. Get moist. Oh. Made me moist. Oh, what's he? Does he make you moist? No, fuck off, Jack. Vessi's got three questions. One for me, one for Penal, one for everyone. We'll begin with the Penal one first. Did Cyril deserve to be nominated for Worst Player of the Week? Yep. Uh, That's for Penal. Whatever. I will be honest. I will take off my biased hat and be honest and say he, he had a moment where he screwed up a certain goal, and I think... That made me get a little bit melty, and so he deserved probably to be nominated for that alone. However, he was still nowhere near as bad as Stephen Motlop because at least Cyril did not scrib any contests at the weekend. So nominated but shouldn't get any near the gold medal because uh, Motlop should be a runaway favourite for that. And he's asked me my Richmond supporter optimism level 0 to 100. Apparently I keep dodging this one. I don't recall this one being asked, but whatever. Make it a weekly thing and we'll pair, compare it to the graph. It's 50 every week, Bestie. How have you not picked up on this? Win, lose, or draw, it's 50. Well, you are quite anti-dimmer, so maybe... I know, he's, he's, week, the, he's the other 50%. Week. Mate, I'd be 100 if it wasn't for dimmer. <laughs> May not be true. But isn't, Bra- isn't Blake Carousel in charge? You said so. No, I, I theorised it was likely. No, no. <laughs> you didn't theorise. You said this is what no, it is. No, I, sa- I, sa- I, sa- I said it was Carousel. I said it was Balm. I said it was Players. I said it could be anything but Hardwick. Anything but Hardwick. <laughs> oh, denial ain't just a river in Egypt. Go back and listen to that whole episode. Go back and listen to yourself, mate. It's all the coach. It's not. The coach is the thing holding us back because he still selected fucking Steve Morris the other week and no tools, but we're not getting into that. Well, if if you can't handle him at his worst, then you don't deserve him at his best. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's been at his best a lot. Yeah, how'd we get up, Penal? How'd we get up? Coughed up a six-goal lead. How'd we get up? Oh, there's no shame in losing to the reigning premiers. Oh, there was when we did. Back off. Especially that's when they've because, got the ups for late. That's because cock. the umpires, the umpires didn't oh, yeah. call the Bulldogs throws. Therefore, leading to ha- the Richmond getting a strong moral victory. It was all umpires. Last question from Vesti as well. Who is the Kim Jong-un of the AFL? Koshi. Yeah, I guess that's the closest we're going to get. West Horsham may as well be North Korea with the way that they will chug anything, he says. I'm going to say Starburns from his pure anti-Hardwick propaganda. It is bordering on the anti-American propaganda of North Korea. Yeah, and I think so that, that checks out with the fucking tyrannical dictator line as well, given uh, given recent events uh, of the welching variety. I already explained last week, I had nothing to do with that. I was the French, and because I'm short, that makes me Napoleon. <laughs> 
It's pronounced right, Chara. Some, you, 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 Chara. Someone from the, uh, from the IRA. Oh, you're not Irish. Do you want another card, Morgs? <laughs> okay, let's move on. This week on the Bay, thread of the week, we had a few real good contenders. Who wants to know? Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> and on this farm, he had a thread of the week. E-I-E-I-O. With a funny first ear and a funny front ear. Laughs everywhere. Old MacDonald had a good friend on the bay. <laughs> and who said we don't do singing anymore in here? Yeah. Maybe we should go back to that. So, anybody else got anything else? The Stormtroopers yep. can never hit the target. Yep, I liked that. I liked Dapper Jong's North voting thread, even though it didn't work out for us. Match day thread between Richmond and Bulldogs was good. Everyone was just drunk. <laughs> I think there was a thread not on the bay that I quite liked, but I've since forgotten what it was. Oh, uh, was it about Big Boy McIntyre <laughs> becoming best ruckman <laughs> in the that, NFL? That short-lived <laughs> short thread was very entertaining, and I don't think that was it, but it does deserve an honourable mention. Very disappointing that it got deleted. Uh, better teammates than Brendan Goddard. Mm, yes, I liked that. Um, I don't think it was Big Boy McAvoy, though. I like the uh, Clayton Oliver is unprecedented on the main board. Stephen Motlop, is he the biggest squib in AFL history? Just because of that uh, opening post gif, which is shameful. All right. Old McDonald? Yep. Yep. Flog of the week. Oh, boy. Who's that Adelaide mod who fucking posted Lou Rich's threads? Genius. Yeah. He is an utter fucking penis of the highest order. I mean, come on. Read the fucking Fred, you utter shit rock. Yeah, that was not in good taste at all. Oh, I nominate that guy. Maybe one day that thread gets a bump, but certainly not today, not next week, if... not next month, not next year. No. Also nominate Dan for his uh, <laughs> no. downhill get no. up skiing. No, leave Dan alone. We've already whacked Dan. Not enough. I've got oh, to nominate no. everyone who also gets sucked in by pluggers trolling. No, he genuinely believes it. Yeah, but people still get sucked in. Oh. Dan WA, Mike, Cram, half the fucking Fear Board, they all buy... Dan WA, like that's really setting the bar high. <laughs> Get a bike. Doesn't matter. They all get plugger. Just reels them in. It's like it's oh. so obvious what plugger's doing. Just you I mean, just ignore it. Well, I mean the the humor tolerance of those posters is like fucking. But literally Friday night, everybody just set bait after bait, trap after trap, hoping plugger was going to jump in it. He's not stupid. He's not stupid enough to do that. He didn't bite. He didn't give you anything. Yeah, but that doesn't make him a master troll. Red vest. Be better. It was crap. Crap bait. Try harder. Crap, crap. Flog of the week. What about Denius? That stupid Adelaide flog, he gets it. Fuck yeah. him. Oh, I'm going to give another nomination, uh, honourable mention to the Collingwood board mods who haven't picked up on another team change from another Collingwood board poster this week. Good old and Nana are now both sporting different teams. <laughs> Good and old. getting away with it. He's given it the old college try. Well, well done, Collingwood Mods. Doing a great job. <laughs> Go back to being fucking ticket inspectors. <laughs> Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Last week's poll. <laughs> Narco's nickname, uh, 0% said L. Jimmy. 17.6% said L. Hurdy. 23.5% said L. Injector. 35.3% said L. Herdito. And 23.5% said Jack Watts looks sort of like the guy from Narco's. Next week's games. 
coin time. The Singaporean 50 cent coin. Yeah, because we couldn't get a Chinese one. Oh, so you're saying it's fucking close enough, right? Fucking racist. Singapore is pretty close to China, though. It's just one bullet train away. <laughs> uh, it looks like we have a, a prawn with some bizarre wings and a 50 cent <laughs> coin. Is it a red pool bottle? A winged prawn. <laughs> oh, the dragon. So, uh, do we want Thrawn with wings to be head? Thrawn's <laughs> a fucking dragon. Probably. It's not a dragon. It's not a Thrawn with wings. If this is a dragon, Peter, then I'm the fucking Pope, alright? Yeah, you're that fucking guy that dressed up as the Pope. And, <laughs> and melted at the umpires. Okay, West Coast versus the doggies. Wait, oh. hang on. I'm looking at a Singapore 50 cents. There is no prawn with wings. <laughs> It could be a specially minted coin. I don't know. Cookie, take a photo of it and send it to you on Facebook right now. <laughs> no. There is no problem it's with going, it's, yeah, It's got to end up in the thread at the very least. Just, just prawn with wings. <laughs> Not Cookie's gone to verify. <laughs> the plot thickened. <laughs> I reckon I've found it. It is some weird prawn thing. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I think it's a fish. Yes, it is some weird prawn thing. I've just looked at it. It's a lionfish with two rice stalks around it. There we go. Found it. It's from 1980. It still looks like a prawn with wings. <laughs> West Coast versus doggies. Uh, it's prawn with wings, heads or tails. Uh, what's the other side? Uh, the 50 cents. What? Uh, just the number 50. It's got like some leaves. It's got the 50. It's got the cents. And it's got 1980 Singapore. The number's always tails, I think. All right. Here we go. All right. West Coast versus the dogs. And we are going with the 50 cent win. 50 cent Tail, so doggies. Yes. Horfies versus Brisbane. It is the flying prawn, so Hawthorne to win. <laughs> St Kilda versus Carlton. Can the flying um... prawn be the title? <laughs> I was going to call it any given Sunday. No, no <laughs> any given Sunday. It's a flying prawn, so it's a killer. This coin's got to come back. This is the winner, this coin. Oh, gives me wings. <laughs> Hang on, what day are we playing Brisbane on? Is that a Saturday? Oh, yes. no, it's on an any given Sunday. It's a Saturday, thank God. Brisbane can't win, they can only win on Sundays. <laughs> it's a fucking analogy. It's a shit fucking analogy and you hammered it. Yeah, I milked it just like the coin and Eddie had stadium and the crows and... See, no wonder the Crows didn't beat Norfolk right. If it was at Eddie had, they would have been the ones that kicked 64 points. GWS Collingwood. The coin has gone for Collingwood. Oh, Buck stays alive. Coach Miller's Hall of Fame. It's always going to happen. Morgs makes the joke for weeks on end. Essendon versus Yay. Geelong. It is a Tails. Geelong. Adelaide v Melbourne. This is the sort of game Melbourne wins. <laughs> the coin has gone for the flying prawn. <laughs> That's a head, though, isn't it? Yes, Adelaide yeah. to win. Richmond versus Frio. It has gone for Frio. Gold Coast Port. Yeah. It's going for the sons of the Gold Coast Sky. Oh, spin that, Koshi. And North versus the Colas. It's going for the Colas. Any last words on any of those games? No. We're going to win again because that's what we do. Beat the teams we shouldn't and lose to the teams we should. 
I'd be surprised if Collingwood beat GWS just because of the way the Giants were last week and threw it in. They should come out breathing fire. They'll, they'll be angry. Mm. It'll be like 22 Toby Greens out there. Well, they'll be belting all the Collingwood players up. Pretty much. Do West, Coast, West Coast versus Dogs will probably be the closest game in the round. I mean, that could go either way. It's a legit flip of the coin. I actually think that Essendon and Geelong could be reasonably close. And we'll have the squib off between Motlop and Heppel too. Like, the ball goes up in the air between the two of them. Who backs away further? If Motlop even gets picked. But I guess he's yeah. untouchable. Oh, yeah. Like, who are they going to bring in? Jordan Murdoch? Josh Cowan. They'll bring in Lockie Henderson and make sure Sam Menegola retains <laughs> his place. We will bring a shitload of cunt towards Carlton and we'll probably beat them. That's usually how we go. We get in their faces. They get shitty. Ah, you do too. Yeah. What is it with you and aggravating Carlton? It's how you're meant to beat them. You don't go in trying to play football. When you get in their faces... Most teams can beat them the just by playing two, football. And then, yeah, well, we're better. We can beat them at football and the fight. Maybe Colin was just try that last week. Anything we want to add. Yeah, i got something. Just because something's an analogy doesn't make it smart. <laughs> like, the old saying... Don't judge a book by its cover. Well, what the fuck else are you meant to judge it by? The blurb. The blurb? <laughs> but it doesn't have a blurb. No, but how, how do you know if you're going to pick it up to see if it's even worth reading the blurb? The Amazon reviews? Yeah. No, because they're all fake reviews that are sponsored. Okay, fucking different analogy. It's like wanting to have your cake and eat it too. That's a dumb one, because why would you not want to eat a cake that you have? <laughs> you know what's another dumb one, Peel? Any given Sunday. I'm going to make that the title, just to shit you two off. It was mildly amusing when it was just morgues, but now Penal's on board too. Fuck you, Penal, you ruined it. I like the frying prawn. No, I wasn't saying it's smart, but it's the best way of summing it up. What do you want me to say? Call it pure? equalisation or use some Gillen McLaughlin wank speak? Well, what are you yeah, like fucking, 17 times in one fucking minute? Marketing derivatives or something like that. You know, just go straight to the heart of the matter, which is the pure, undulterated fact. Straight to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Hmm. That wasn't anything like any of the phrases I've been using. And, and of <laughs> and of course you like of course you like saying the fucking cake cliche, Augustus. <laughs> cake is not chocolate, man. Unless it's chocolate cake. Oh, I'd like. Cake. Yeah, so would I. Fucking Thanks, good on you. Penal. You're just so helpful right now. You're ruining everything, Penal. You're the new Dan. <laughs> You're the new Dan. Come on, guys, don't cry over spilt milk. <laughs> want milk. I think it's time to call it a day. Uh, what, what day? Is it a Sunday? <laughs> yes, any Sunday. Is it any given Sunday? Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, God. Thanks, Jose. Jose, <laughs> Jose to Mackie. <laughs> anyway, this was the Flogcast for round eight. Starburns joined by Cooksey. Ain't baby gonna hold me tight, gonna have some afternoon delight. Morgzy. Bye. Not Cooksey. Bye. And Peensy. Just taking it one week at a time. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>